teaching old dog a new trick. I think it's time to sit, stay, listen. Welcome to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society. I'm your host, Kate Sale, certified professional dog trainer, coming to you from Forward Radio on 106.5 FM. For more episodes of Sit, Stay, Listen and to check out all of the other programming on Forward Radio, visit our website, forwardradio.org. As you might have noticed, if you've been keeping an eye on the weather, this coming week is going to be brutally hot. We are looking at mid-90s. And obviously, we're not super crazy about that as humans. And those of us that are pet owners who often rely on taking our pets outside to get them exercise, go to the dog park, take them for walks, have some really special considerations in terms of activity and also safety. So I thought this would be a great time to talk about hot weather safety for our pets. And I'm joined by a couple of very special guests today. A returning guest, Jackie Claxton, who is our medical services supervisor and our special guest, Dr. Bewley, doctor of veterinary medicine and our shelter veterinarian with the Kentucky Humane Society. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you, glad to be here. They are the absolute best folks to talk to us about hot weather safety and our pet's health in terms of super hot weather, because as we all know, hot weather can be incredibly dangerous, not just to humans, but our pets. And believe it or not, in a lot of cases, humans actually tolerate heat a lot better than our pets do. And we may not recognize the signs of heat distress in our pets. So it is really important to know what those risk factors are and what we want to keep an eye out for when we're trying to keep our pets happy, healthy, and safe. So how hot is too hot when we're looking at taking our pets outside in the summer weather? Well, I will say that it does certainly depend on each individual pet, but for like a general rule of thumb, if you're getting into like 85, 90 degrees Fahrenheit, then you need to probably start watching your pet. If it's, you know, cooler than that, uh, but still warm outside, then when you're talking about leaving them in the car or something like that, you need to be careful even at lower temperatures because they can heat up really quickly. And are there special risk factors. Now, obviously every pet is going to be a little bit different, but what specific risk factors do we want to be aware of when we're looking at the differences between our pets? So animals with like flat faces, like your pugs, bulldogs, Persian cats, they're going to be more at risk because they're um, just not able to pant as effectively to cool themselves down. So those pets, along with elderly senior pets or pets that are overweight, they're just going to have a harder time handling the heat. So if your pets have anything like that or any underlying health issues like heart or lung disease, those are definitely ones you want to be careful without in the heat. And of course, that does not mean that our young healthy dogs are not at risk in the case of heat. So when we're keeping an eye on our pets, Shade is obviously helpful, but 
Shade is also not a fail safe. So what are the things that we want to keep an eye out for when we are concerned and watching for our pet's health and safety in the heat? What are some of those early red flags that our pet might be getting a little too hot? Well, when I see, you know, that my pets are getting a little too hot, often the first thing I see is they're really panting very heavily, very excessively. They kind of almost having some difficulty breathing, but not quite, just really hard panting. Sometimes they start to drool. You know, those can be signs where you need to get them out of the sun, let them stop to rest. But there are some dogs that are just so motivated to just keep going and keep playing. So even if you think that your dog doing okay, it's still very wise to stop give them a break, let them sit down and relax, pant it off, have some water ready, have shade ready. Even if you have a small pool that they can run into and and lie down in some water, that's, you know, a great way to cool off quickly if you think they're getting a little too hot. I've also heard that a dry nose is something to watch for. Um, I don't know that that's any reliable indicator because so many dogs, if they start to drool and they can lick their nose, even if they're really hot, uh, they could still have a wet nose. So I wouldn't use that as a reliable indicator. I would just more, you know, read your dog. And if they are acting out of the ordinary and really tongues hanging out real far, and they're just super panting hard, that's your first clue that you need to stop and let them take a break. And I think that other point that you made is incredibly important. A lot of dogs, even if they are getting too hot or overheating, they won't necessarily stop. They won't necessarily regulate themselves. They're not thinking about their health or safety in that way. And I think that is often a misconception. So we have a very important responsibility to make that call, to encourage them to take a break and to take that initiative to really help them manage themselves in this extreme weather. Yeah, absolutely. So those are a lot of the early signs when our dog is maybe starting to get a little too hot. So what are some signs that your dog is maybe in some serious trouble and starting to cross the line to heat stroke? So what you're going to be looking for, obviously the panting is the first sign. You can see some weakness or even like fainting. Things like that are definitely a red flag that something is going on. You could see seizures or bloody diarrhea or vomiting. Their temperature will be very elevated. Obviously, you can't tell that without a thermometer, but if they feel very hot to the touch um, and they're laying down, not able to get up, we would definitely be concerned about heat stroke. And in the event of a heat emergency, if you're out with your pet, what are your first steps in terms of emergency intervention as an owner? So your first steps, get them to a shady area or air conditioned spot, give them free access to water. If they want to step into a pool to cool off, you can let them do that. You can even wet their feet down with water. Basically, you know, just 
stop the exercise, bring them inside, let them cool down, give them some ice to chew on and start observing them pretty heavily to see if they can calm down and relax on their own. At what point would you consider it to be a medical emergency where you need to contact your vet or get your dog to the doggy ER? If they're starting to have any collapse or weakness or certainly seizures, diarrhea, vomiting, then yeah, you need to get them into the vet ASAP. And any special notes for our cat parents out there? Um, It's generally kind of the same thing as with dogs. If you have like outdoor cats, try to offer them an area where they're able to escape the sun and the heat, whether that be if they can come inside, that would be great. But even offering them a nice like shady area with a lot of fresh, cool water, just so that they're not exposed to the heat directly. And I know some cats just prefer being outdoors. So you can only do so much as to keep them safe. Um, But keeping like nice cold water and a shady area for them where they can go hang out is always a good idea. And do you have any other hot weather safety tips that you want to share with our listeners? A couple of the main things that come to mind for me are um, if you're taking your dog out for a walk and you're going to be walking on asphalt or concrete, you always want to check first before you let your pet walk on it. So the best way is to touch with the back of your hand. And if you can't hold your hand on it for a couple seconds without it burning, it's too hot for your pet to walk on. Um, So try to stick to like grassy areas if you do have to take them for walks when it's this hot. Um, Another thing would be, I know a lot of people with like long haired dogs or like huskies or thick coated dogs like to get their pets shaved down during the summer months, but it's actually best to leave their hair the way it is because their coat is designed to protect them from things like overheating and sunburn. So it really is more detrimental to them, especially those double coated breeds to shave them down during the summer months. And those are some really good points. Short hair is not always cooler. Anything else you want to add? I guess I would say, you know, use common sense and always err on the side of caution. It's better to be safe and sorry and ERs are really overrun they're just super backed up right now so um, this is not the year to push your dog at all it's it's really busy so in the temperatures we're about to see this week we're expecting to see 90 95 during the day. It sounds like the safest course of action if you need to walk your dog get out, do it very first thing in the morning. And sounds like the best option is run your dog out to potty and that's about it. Stay inside and stay in the AC. Yeah, I I would agree with that. You know, um, kind of the same that you would do for your young children. Um, You know, you're not gonna keep a one-year-old outside in the heat all day long. I I would say that's the same for your pets. Keep them inside, keep them cool and relaxed. Don't exercise them too hard on these really hot days and give them access to water, ice as much as needed. 
So yes, this next week, you're probably going to be spending a lot of time indoors with your pets, but fortunately, there are all kinds of things that you can do to keep your pet busy, lots of activities to make sure that they still get exercise and enrichment. So stick with us. The second half of our show, we're going to talk about all kinds of indoor activities you can do with your pet. You are tuned in to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society on Forward Radio 106.5 FM. And we'll be back after a short break with some original music by John 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 Slater. My baby is you. Dog in the sunshine, cat in the chain. Time to stop thinking about all the mistakes that I made One thought leads to another and another thought leads to you There's something that I know is true Welcome back to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society on Forward Radio 106.5 FM. The weather is hot, incredibly hot, and this coming week it's not going to get any better. So we talked about hot weather safety for our pets in the first half of this episode with our special guests, Jackie Claxton, licensed veterinary technician and medical services supervisor with the Kentucky Humane Society, and Dr. Bewley, doctor of veterinary medicine. And we got some great information about how to keep your pets safe in the heat. The punchline really is, unless your pets have to be outside, if the temperature is over 85 or 90 degrees, your best option is to keep them in in that AC. And so the obvious question there is, okay, I'm stuck inside with my pet in these brutally hot temperatures. How am I going to keep my pet from driving me absolutely bananas? So I'm going to take the second half of this episode to talk about indoor activities, enrichment, exercise, and things that you can do with your pet when you're stuck inside, whether it is brutally hot, pouring down rain, or in the dead of winter to help keep your pet happy and busy. And Megan, if you're out there listening, and this sounds like a question that you recently put out there on Facebook, you are not wrong. The second half of this show goes out to you with a big congratulations to you and your newly adopted puppy, Jojo. So when I talk about trying to keep my dogs busy, We want to have a number of tools in our toolkit and different things work well for different dogs. So if you have multiple dogs in your household, you might find out that one of your dogs loves a certain activity while another dog is totally uninterested in that one thing. So having a variety of things available, several things you can try can be great and you will figure out what it is that gets your dog interested and gives them an activity that's going to work well for them. So the first thing I'm going to bring up here are puzzle toys. 
and there are a lot of different puzzle toys available and selecting the right puzzle toy often comes back to know your dog. I'm going to recommend a couple of different ones that I really like because they have really broad appeal. Almost any dog that I've worked with, regardless of size, age, breed, or interest, has really been into. And because you can use them in a number of different ways. I particularly like these two things because you can actually use them as ways to deliver your dog's regular meals so they can make mealtime a little more interesting or you can just use them for giving treats throughout the day. But they are feeder toys which means that they are going to have pretty wide appeal. Almost any dog, especially if they're stuck inside and bored, is going to be interested in working for a little bit of food. So if you have dogs, chances are you are familiar with a Kong style toy. It is a hard rubber hollow toy that you are able to stuff or at least put something on the inside of. A lot of people use peanut butter, but you don't have to stop there. You can use all kinds of neat things. Talk to your vet before you come up with a recipe and make sure that whatever you are using to stuff that Kong is going to be safe and healthy for your dog. But you can use a combination of a vet recommended canned dog food with some of their regular kibble. Sometimes you can mix peanut butter into that or a vet recommended canned vegetable in some cases and actually stuff that Kong and freeze it, especially in the summer. A frozen Kong style toy is great because it's a dog sickle, which your dog thinks is absolutely wonderful. It is a flavor that your dog is going to think is fabulous. It's frozen, so it's nice and cool, and it takes them a long time to work on. It gives them an independent activity that is super tasty that they can work through. And I also like it because if it is an appropriate sized Kong for your dog, it's something that doesn't require a ton of supervision in most cases. Now, like anything, when you're dealing with puzzle toys, two important safety notes for this. If your dog has any history of resource guarding, being protective or possessive of their things, it's extremely important that they are separated from any other animals or small humans in your household so that they're not in a position where they feel like they need to protect their things. And if it is any sort of puzzle or feeder toy that they've never had before, even a Kong style toy, you want to make sure you know how your dog is going to interact with this item and make sure that it is something that's going to be safe for them to have if they're unattended. Any new feeder toy always supervise your dog. But a Kong style toy is great and it's something that your dog can work on often for a really long time. I know for my dogs it will take them a good hour plus, sometimes even two hours to work through one of these things. And I will put usually about half of a meal's worth of kibble in that Kong with a couple other things for them to work through. So it's a great way to get a portion of their meal and to have an activity to work through. So 
The snuffle mat is one of my very favorite things. Snuffle mats come in lots of different shapes and sizes and materials, but the general concept of a snuffle mat is that it's kind of like a shag carpet, and you essentially pour kibble or treats or whatever you want to use into it and work that loose kibble down into this mat. And then your dog has to work through the mat and pull out each individual piece of kibble. So it essentially gives them the opportunity to work through that mat. It satisfies their foraging instinct. It gives them a great opportunity to use their nose. And you can do this with a small number of treats. This is also a great way to give a meal. It's way more fun than getting a meal out of a bowl and it takes them a lot longer to work through their meal, which means that they get to enjoy it a lot more. So a snuffle mat is my other favorite feeder style or puzzle toy. And if you do a search on puzzle toys for dogs, you will find a universe of options. You know your dog best. Just make sure that you are always keeping safety in mind and supervising your dog anytime they have a new puzzle toy available. Okay, moving on from puzzle toys. Basic training is a great indoor activity. All of those basic foundation skills like our sits, downs, coming when called, basic leash manners, they take ongoing practice and they are things that we want to make sure that we revisit on a regular basis. So you really couldn't ask for a better opportunity. So whether you are starting from the very beginning or you're doing some review, pull out that clicker, pull out those treats, and work on those basics. And when you do take your dog out for a walk, when you're out in the world, there are always certain things that we notice that we wish we had time to work on. And when we're really focused on having to just get out get that walk done, and then get on with our day, we don't necessarily take the time to stop and really work on those foundation skills that we need to improve those behaviors. So think about your day-to-day -day activities with your dog and ask yourself what specific skills and what specific behaviors do you want to take some time to work on. If there are certain things that you wish that you and your dog we're doing a little bit better. Now is a great time to dig into that. So if your dog tends to pull on the leash more than you wish they did, take this time when you are inside, it's too hot to go out for a walk, and practice those leash walking mechanics at home, in your living room, and around the house. If your dog cannot walk on a slack leash across your living room floor, it's not gonna happen outside either. So. This is a great time to practice. Now, if you need a little bit of guidance with some training, Kentucky Humane Society is here for you. We have our Manners for Life class. We have virtual options so that you can work in the comfort of your own home. And we are also back for in-person group classes. So check out our website, kyhumane.org, for more information. And if your dog is a total rock star at their basic obedience work, teaching your dog fun tricks is a great way to work their brain, to help them solve puzzles, and to give them something fun and cooperative to do with you. So 
teach them to bow, to do a spin, to crawl, whatever it is that you want to do. There are lots of fun tricks that you can teach your dog using a clicker and treats. The goal is for you and your dog to have fun, to do something together, and for your dog to have the opportunity to use their brain. It's important to remember that mental exercise is just as, if not more, exhausting than physical exercise. Learning new things, making decisions, solving puzzles, these are all things that are very important to our dog and all things that are going to help provide them exercise and enrichment when they are spending an unusual amount of time indoors. And then one of my favorite games to play with my dogs when I am stuck inside. I love doing nose work games with my dogs. And the easiest way to do that is to teach your dog a find it game. Teach your dog how to search and find something. Almost all of our dogs are treat motivated in some way. Or if your dog prefers toys, you can teach them to search and find a toy if that is their preference. So just a quick run through on how to teach your dog a find game. If your dog hasn't learned stay yet, this is a great reason to go back to those basic obedience skills and really focus on teaching a good stay. Start with a treat in your hand. Set that treat down, maybe just a couple feet away from your dog, and then you can tell your dog to find it. And initially, they may not actually be finding it. They can see it, they know where it is. But the idea is, you see this thing, your job is to go get it, go find it. And as they get a little better and start to get the idea, you can move the item further and further away. This is where stay is helpful. You can ask your dog to stay. Now if your dog again hasn't learned stay yet, that's where that second handler can be very useful. Go and place that treat wherever you want it to be. At first we make it easy. So maybe just five steps away from our dog where they can see it, return to your dog, and then tell them to find it. So they get to go and find that treat. Call them back ask them to stay, go put the treat somewhere else, maybe a little further away, and then let your dog go find that treat. So slowly, as they get a little better at this game, we can start to maybe put it a little further away so maybe it's harder to see. Maybe we can start to tuck it under the edge of their dog bed, out of sight, and what we want to do is make it challenging enough that they can actually start looking for it. But keep in mind that if you're making it so difficult that your dog can't find it, you want to roll back a couple steps and make it easy again. Nobody wants to play a game they can't win. So start really easy. Make sure that your dog is able to succeed while they're still learning the concept and learning what it is that they're supposed to be doing. And then as they've figured out what the game is, then you can start to make it a little more challenging for them. So this is just a short list, a handful of things you can start to do, but the options are endless. 
So I hope this gives you just a couple of things to think about and a place to start when you are stuck inside on a super hot or rainy or just a ugly day and are looking for something to do with your dog. So as those temperatures rise, I hope you and your dog are getting to spend some time indoors, staying safe and staying cool. Thank you for tuning in to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society on Forward Radio 106.5 FM. Remember that we are listener supported, so be sure to visit our website, forwardradio.org, and hit that donate button to support radio by the people for the people. Everybody take care and have a great rest of your day. I think it's time to sit, stay, listen.